Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Today is going to be very exciting because we have a guest today that I have never met before and I have never talked to before. And normally, I know all the things. Um, so I think that uh, this is going to be a really interesting challenge for, for me and, um, you know, trying to like, you know, this will be my first podcast where I truly don't know that much about the guest. I know that she has a studio. I know that she pole dances, um, and that she's in burlesque shows, but beyond that, I don't know that much. And so I find it, it, it's going to be very cool for, for you guys to watch me like sort of talk and interview in a different style in a different way where it's like really digging deep, trying to get to know somebody and trying to get their perspectives without being offensive because I can be very direct and sometimes kind of offensive. And so, you know, I, I want to tread lightly, but not like walk on eggshells. Right. So you're going to witness something a little new today. And our guest is also going to have to go through that with me. And um, we're just going to, you know, fucking wing it, man, and find out what's going to happen. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not even scared. And I think that the main point of this message is, you know, do something challenging as often as you can and um, just go for it, even if you don't know what it is and if you don't know the outcome, just take a chance and, and go for it and learn as you go, which is something that I do fucking almost literally every day of my life. Um, and so I just hope that that can inspire you and just this topic inspires you to like, if you don't know something or someone, fuck it, just go for it, man. Just send that text, just make that call and just do that interview, dive in head first and see what comes out the other end. So speaking of that, here we go. want to bring on our guest for today, Danielle. What's up? Hey, how are you? I'm freaking great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm good, but I'm also very nervous. I'm, I'm excited that this is kind of new for you, too, because <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what to expect. Yeah. And you know what? Even though we've never met each other, um, you know, we're just buds hanging out on the internet together. No big deal. Yeah. That's something that we do all the time anyway on Instagram, social media, right? And online dating. It's like whatever, right? Absolutely. And it's the only way to socialize right now anyway. So <gasps> I know. Tell me about <laughs> it. We're still deep in coronavirus era, you guys, in case you're listening to this like six months from now. Oh, it is it's awful. April 16th and we are in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see that you are at the Vertitude, which is the pole dance studio that you own in Canoga Park, California. 
I am. I am. Uh, at the moment, I have the whole studio to myself, which is um, rare, but also kind of nice. I've always said that this is like the silver lining to this quarantine is that I never have a chance to just be here and train by myself. And it's actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. So you mm -hmm. purchased you that that wasn't your business that you created. You bought that business from Sergio Louise Anderson. Correct. Yeah. It about three and a half years ago, three and a half years ago. What yeah. was going on? Because you know, when that happened, we were all like, who is this person? Yeah. Right? The whole community. <laughs> who is this person taking Sergio's studio? Is she qualified? We don't know much about her. What was that time like for you? That Tell us everything. It was insane. So, you know, really to answer that question of like, who is she? nobody um <laughs> am i qualified i don't know um <laughs> i i most like i had a, a normal job and i was a pole dancer and i took pole classes all the time um i started um subbing here um towards the end before i knew it was like towards the end mm -hmm. and because i was on the sub list i got the email that she was closing doors basically had been looking for a, an owner unsuccessfully a few people had come through fallen out and out of pure curiosity i just asked what she was asking for it that was it i just wanted maybe i'll now i have a real number in my head for the future if this is something that i want to do yeah and she the answer was something i could afford which was terrifying sure <laughs> And I mean, a lot of thought went into actually doing it, but it really was that moment right then and there that I was like, oh, well, uh, I guess I'm going to buy a pole studio. Shoot. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm terrified. I'm just going to fucking do it. I love <laughs> so much how this is like so perfect with my opening. I told you I'm really good at what I feel. And I just love that. It's so good. It's totally blended and like you know is that sort of your personality to do things like that or was this the first time you were confronted with something on this level um no definitely the first time on this level sure uh, i would i would say that just doing things was new to me doing things that i wanted to do without being too afraid to just do it was rather new um if we were really want to get into it, it probably came with a bunch of weight loss that happened a few years prior to that, um, where I just was sick of where I was and I made a decision to change it. Wow. And being able to do that and seeing what I was capable of when I set my mind to it was then able to translate into doing other things that I wanted to do. Right. So you yeah. had a transformative oh, yeah. turning point in your life. Totally. Shoot. Were you, before the weight loss, were you dance, dancing or did the weight, the dancing come after the weight loss? The, um, well, I was a, I was a stripper before I was overweight. So early in my twenties, stripper danced in the club for years and years and years and when i quit that um i like i just quit any sort of physical physical activity at all and like eating habits never changed though and it just got out of hand and then i gained weight and then and so when i was a stripper this is all very complicated now that i think about it i was never i was never a pole dancer um 
So the pole dancing happened after I lost the weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm letting this all sink in because okay. my head is swirling with questions now. I know. It's a lot, I know. <laughs> okay. So where were you stripping when you were stripping? Um, I started when I lived in Phoenix. I was going to college there. Um, and I worked at a place called Christie's Cabaret, which is still the best club I ever danced in. Um, and then when I came to LA, I worked at the Spearmint Rhino downtown for a really long time. What year was that? 2004? Girl, we danced together. What? 100%. I was stripping in downtown LA in 2004, Spearmint Rhino. Was, who was your manager? Um, I don't remember who the manager was when I started, but when I left there, it was a guy named Aaron, bald guy. Mm -mm. Before that, I want to say, I remember a guy named Richard. Oh yeah. Richard Perrin, maybe. Yes, I think so. Oh my Ah! God. This is is so weird. (laughs) It was so long ago. I'm, I'm like, trying to remember all the girls now and I'm like how do I not remember my season was Jersey I won entertainer of the year for the company I okay I do I do remember that name yeah when I was the only Jersey in the company (laughs) my name was Lily okay I don't and no offense but Lily is like no Jersey is kind of like you kind of remember that one because it's a little different um but also I had one and I was very like, I was a corporate, corporate's baby. I was like a top earner. Not that I'm bragging. I'm just stating facts. <laughs> <laughs> Still impressed. Still very impressed. But oh my God, what a fucking trip, right? I'm like, I don't know this girl. That's, <laughs> that's insane. Very cool. Yeah. Tight. Okay. So wow. you you were at the Rhino and you weren't pole dancing, which is really interesting because mm-hmm. around that time, pole dancing was very like important in the strip club, especially in downtown LA and not important. I would say big, it was bigger, you know, like people, there was contests and stuff uh, mm-hmm. in LA around that time. Do you remember um, Z-Bone? Do you remember that website? Yeah. Oh Yeah. So for, for our viewers who don't know what Z-Bone is, it was, oh, how horrid was this thing? It was, a, <laughs> it was a forum for customers to go online and rate the um, mileage of mm-hmm. the dancers and to also talk shit and, like, make up stories about the dancers. But what they would also do is have these rigged pole dance competitions inside the club and at the Spearmint Rhino downtown LA. Yep. Do you remember yep. those? Oh, I remember all of that. I used to be on Z-Bone all the time. <laughs> Apparently, I had crabs. Oh, really? <laughs> According to one source, I had crabs. Yeah. I don't think I was ever uh, popular enough. I never danced in the clubs that – I never found anything about myself on there. Yeah. Thankfully. I, was I don't know. Very low mileage, which I was at the time proud of, but looking back on it, I'm like, mm, I would have preferred to have been considered high mileage back then. But it's fine. <laughs> I think I feel the same. I mean, back then I was like, well, I'm very low mileage. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Yeah. Now I'm like, who cares? <laughs> totally, totally. Now that my horphobia has dissipated, mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, high mileage. <laughs> <laughs> that said, though, as as a girl that was like, I only do lap dances, I would get very angry at the at like I would come in and I would see the other girls that were on the shift, and I'd be like, Well, I'm not making any money tonight. <laughs> I used to get mad. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I also used to get mad. Um, and I look back on it now and I'm like, you know, it. I can't get mad at myself for being mad at them then because no. I was just ignorant of that. The system was the issue mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and not them. Yeah. Yeah. And I look back on those times, not with regret, but just like, oh, you, you cute, you were, baby, yeah, <laughs> you need help. <laughs> um, yeah. So what like shifted for you? Like what, what happened that all of these things just started changing like a domino effect? Was there a, a catalyst for this or did you have a book or something? Um, it's, it's kind of hard to say. I know I I quit stripping because I just got really burnt out. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of it was management changing, girls changing, customers changing and being that girl that, you know, low mileage girl wanting to be in an environment where nobody was trying to grope you or trying to lick you when you bent over in front of them and feeling like you're constantly physically defending yourself at a point, I just got, I, I just burnt out. Um, but it was a job that I really, really loved. So I think quitting that job bummed me out. Yeah. And at the same time, around the same time, I also got married. Um, but he, I mean, he was always super supportive of me dancing. I didn't quit because I got married, but quitting and then being married and just kind of going through that uh, I don't have to be hot. I can be lazy. I'm kind of bummed about my job. I think that's what kind of started the unhealthy, not caring about my weight and my health, gotcha. but actually, but actually do am caring about it. Just not doing anything about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I think that when you're dancing regularly at, at a job, you, you have to be physical. And so mm-hmm. it just, seems easier to keep that physical aspect alive in your body when you're not dancing, like wanting to work out more because that's like the momentum of moving your body is there. And then, yeah, you take away the dancing. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. You lose that momentum. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know exactly what you mean about loving the job but being so physically assaulted on for so like so much that you just mm-hmm. it just outweighs the love that you have for the job and i think during the era that you and i were dancing it was like what do we do how how do i modify this job to suit my own boundaries and the answer mm-hmm. at the time was you don't yeah you, you just leave and figure something else out yeah, you try to find a different club. You know, yeah. I did that. I went to a few different ones and I was like, it's all the same. 
And I've been, I've been back since much, I mean, obviously much older, much more mature, much more, I guess, uh, confident with my boundaries. And I've had a much better time. You know, I was just very young and just not, not able to deal with what was happening, the changes that were happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I feel like, well, uh, fuck you. Fuck everyone. It, I am going to make it the way I want it to be. And I'm going to write to legislators and lawmakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's an awesome job to have as an adult. I know you're right because it's open to people as children you know Mm -hmm. we start I started when I was 21 and I look you know at 21 years old I was still a child in so many ways that's when I started too same same oh my god I just had an epiphany something just hit me what? But yeah, because it's so much easier to be taken advantage of the younger you are. And then, and they, they want to age you out when you hit your thirties. But when you're hitting your thirties, you're like, bitch, I've got this whole thing figured out. I don't Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like really hitting me right now. Like how much control over the bodies of younger women that there is and a lot of it has to do with our age and we're not woke enough to realize how much we're being taken advantage of and how broken the system is i don't you know oh yeah for sure for sure yeah yeah we were just talking to lulu by the way um the producer of bootleg bombshells which you're also a performer in I am. Yeah. And we were talking about stripping back in the day with her as well. So this is kind of perfect that your episode is um, closely following hers. Um, Yeah. But, um, and it's, I'm, it's so intriguing to know that you stripped during the same time as me because I was looking at your profile on Instagram and I'm like, so she's not a stripper, (laughs) (laughs) but she acts like one at the like bombshells so it's it's mm-hmm. really it's, it's nice to know because whatever stripper or not if you're a stripper ally or you're dancing stripper-esque you still belong on this show um but it's nice to know that um it just digs a little deeper and now i'm even more curious about like what that was like for you stepping into this role of being a regular bootleg bombshell dancer and how that translated to your past as a stripper Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting because I had been so removed from stripping for many, many years and I had been pole dancing. And I think when I first started pole dancing, it wasn't, it was very tricks based. It wasn't exotic based. And there was, it was in me and I knew how I could dance, but I really held it back for a very, very long time. Um, and then it started to come out a little bit more when I got the studio and I kind of grew into my own dancer and I was like, well, however I want to dance is just fine. But getting back on stage with bootleg bombshells, it was like all of that that was in there just came, it was just right back. Like I was able to just turn it on. Like I used to, I used to walk into the club and like that different persona would just be there. And it happened just like that with bombshells. Yeah, I have like chills like running <laughs> down my arm right now. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I don't think that unless you've experienced it, that people really understand. It's like like riding a bicycle, but with like 
the energy of Storm from X-Men inside <laughs> right? Yo, yeah, absolutely. It was just in there just waiting. Yeah, yeah. What do you think that is? Like, is that just, is that, do you think that's in every woman and every, like, femme identifying where it's just, like, we have this deep, erotic, sensual creature inside of us just trying to claw its way out? <laughs> I mean, I, I do think so just based on how I feel and society is so against it and we spend so much time trying to suppress it and like bury it down that if you're given the opportunity where you know it's safe, it's got to just want to bust out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have it and have just never been given the opportunity to let it out. Yeah, how do we how do we make that <laughs> do we happen get it out? for every woman <laughs> on the planet? I feel like Sheila Kelly right now when she walked into a strip club for the first time and was like, this must happen for everybody. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So I, mean, I think ahead. how we do it is like what you do and and how I, I try to be is just kind of unapologetic about it. And anybody that tries to tell you that there's anything wrong with it, just don't even give them the time of day. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Just keep doing you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how many bootleg bombshells shows have you done? Because I know there's 375 I just found out total. Oh, my God. I have no idea. Okay. I've been in Mm, sorry. Last month, it will be a year, or it would have been a year that I was a regular. Okay. So we do probably 50 shows a year. Okay. So, so maybe I've lot. done 70. Nice. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and do you... I mean, obviously, there's a huge difference between bootleg bombshells and working in a nude strip club in downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what have you found has been, like, maybe, like, a ch the biggest challenge, I would say, from, you know, living the way we once did and then seeing it in this format now? Like, do you have any thoughts or feelings about, you know, and not to say this bad about anybody, but about the idea of taking the culture out of the strip clubs, making it more accessible mainstream, like, does that run up against anything? Or is that just all kosher? No, I have a lot of uh, conflicting opinions about a lot of this stuff. Okay. Having, because having been a stripper, having been or am a pole dancer, like those two like to butt heads all the time too. And because I'm both, I see both opinions. Sure. Um, but thinking about it in like bootleg bombshells, I, I love the idea that that like stripper style and energy and everything can be seen mainstream. And I appreciate that. But then there's also the people who like the show and appreciate the show, but still look down on strippers that yeah. I go, yeah, but you can't, no, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like, I like and hate both aspects of it equally. It's really hard place to be. 
Yeah, it's like, because I, I would hear that working at Jumbo's Clown Room all the time, like, I just love what you do here, and it's, like, so much better than, like, what I've seen at the strip club, and you're just so much talented, so much more talented than, it's like, we're just like them. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same, just in a different setting that you're more comfortable with, and so why do you have to disparage the other people in the process? Because exactly. it doesn't suit your comfortability levels or because it doesn't suit your taste. You exactly. Say, I really enjoy this. You don't have to say, I enjoy this so much better than that other shit that I just don't like because I don't like them because of this, 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 and this. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Or I'll get the compliment. They're like, oh my God, that was really talent. That was really good. You're really talented without it being trashy. <laughs> like, oh, oh, thank you. I hate it. So (laughs) annoying. Yeah. Trashy by whose standards though? That's the real question. Whose Mm -hmm. standards, what standards are you going by? And where did you gather that, that, that data that this is trashy and this is not. And at what point is there like that line of distinction and like who, where's the consensus? Mm -hmm. I, I find, and my theory is that people just parrot back things that they hear. ideas that they've been given without really thinking about it they just repeat it back it's it's the same people that see a poll and think that now it's sexy right it doesn't matter if you're doing gymnastics tricks they're like oh my god that was so sexy (laughs) just because there's a poll there it's just a long metal tube that stands vertically in the middle of a room it you could do the same sexual and sensual type of movement without the pole, which obviously you did, right? Yeah. As a stripper, yep. you were in the strip club with poles in it and you're like, nah, fuck that. I'm just gonna roll around on the floor and touch myself, probably. Can't can't even climb. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that goes to my thing where I'm like some strippers pole dance. Not all strippers pole dance and not all pole dancers strip. Mm-hmm. Right, And so it's yep. funny that you lived both worlds. You were a stripper that didn't pole dance and then you became a pole dancer that stripped. Yep. Yep. It's really weird. And of course I get like the dumb questions when people find out I'm a pole dancer, they go, Oh, are you a stripper? And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but no. <laughs> I know. Why? Why do you have to put that label on me and put me inside of that box? Is it really helping yeah. you sleep at 3 a.m.? Are you waking up and asking yourself, oh my God, I really need to know, is Danielle actually a stripper or not? <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, um, you know, whatever. People are going to do what they're going to do and think what they're going to think for, for till the end of time. And um, yeah. And so here's, here's what I'm curious about. My earring is stuck. It's hurting me here. Um, I, I kind of want to go back to the transition from when you quit stripping to when you did pole dancing because um, your body changed. And the reason I want to, I would like to talk about that if you don't mind is because Um, I, through my teachings, try to teach women to love their body, no matter what phase of life their body is in. And so did you, because as a stripper, we we build a lot of confidence through the work that we do. 
did that confidence and like positive self-talk bleed into the times where you felt like your body changed or did that alter or did it come back? Like what was your self-talk like during that process of change for you? Sure. Um, when I was overweight, I definitely had no confidence. And I think at the t- if you'd asked me at the time, I would say that, you know, I was, I was depressed because I was overweight. But I, I think I was overweight because I was depressed. It was the other way around. Um, and I might get emotional, just letting you know. <laughs> I cry sometimes. Um, okay. Um, so what happened is the switch that kind of flipped when I decided to get healthy. Um, and I don't like to say lose weight. Obviously, I lost weight. But it was really just to get healthy and to be happier was I was about to turn 30. And I was like, well, man. I'm old, I'm fat, I'm unhappy. I know the, these things aren't true. 30 is not old. But at the time when you're 29 turning 30, you're like, fuck. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, feel so I just thought to myself, well, you know what? I can't do anything about turning 30, but I can do something about the other things. So quit your bitching about it and do it. And that was all I needed. It was just the fear of being old that I was like, I can't be old and fat. So... <laughs> So I changed everything. I changed my diet. I started exercising. um, And as I started losing weight, I would feel better about myself. So I was still kind of attached to, you know, feeling good about myself when I'm only thin and beautiful and stuff like that. I would say that that changed once I started pole dancing because I, I had to view my body by what it could do not by what it looked like. And that's when I really started to get that confidence back and realize because the other change happened too. I started, I lost all kinds of weight. I looked good. And then I started getting like muscly arms that everybody tells you is not feminine, is not attractive. And then I started feeling bad about that. Then I was like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Society! (laughs) I can't. So you, I was like, I don't care. My arms look like this because I can do all this cool stuff. And that's when the confidence came back. And that's, that's what makes me emotional because I get to help other people find that. And it's, it's, a, it's an amazing change in your brain. It is. It is. I often have thought about and I've gotten really stoned one day and made a voice memo about what the fuck is it about pole dancing that makes you love yourself and love anyone else who does it like immediately. Like you're right. hooked. It's magic. Is it? I think I might I you know, when I get really stoned, I get more <laughs> smart than I already am. <laughs> and, Um, I think what I've theorized is that it creates the, a movement in your hips because we're taught things like body rolls and figure eights where we're moving our hips and that that's sort of the natural inherent way of, uh, like what our bodies are built to do because we're built to procreate and Mm -hmm. through the undulation of your hips and moving your body a certain way without doing it for the purpose of procreation, but doing it for the purpose of feeling good, 
that it like releases some sort of endorphins into the body that only normally get released during sex, but it's more powerful because you know it's for you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. my theory. Yeah, I was I was actually going to say that. I, I think that's exactly right. But I think a, a big part of it is allowing yourself to be sexy for you and not for somebody else. Exactly. And so you only have to make yourself happy. There's nobody else feeding back their opinion on how you're moving. Exactly. Yeah. And even if you're like clumsily figuring it out as you're doing it, it's still like, like what you said, like when we're in class and stuff, no one's like judging you for messing up. Everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. And you can move how you want. And I really like what you said too. And I've heard this before. Michelle Shimmy has also said this um, in my presence that you start to like and love your body for what it can do for you instead of what it looks like. Absolutely. Yeah. Because we're so hammered with maybe it's Maybelline. Cover girl, I'm beautiful today. Like, <laughs> Pantene Pro V, make your hair like shiny. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. the fuck? We're taught so much to care about our appearance. Yeah, and, and it's so much that you're never going to get there unless you're like a supermodel, what, you know, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And what you look like doesn't really matter. It's how you love yourself and how you love others and how you, you know what I mean? And it's just, but the other messages are so loud and so Mm -hmm. constant. And so how do you apply your depth of perspective to your students that come in that are new pole students that are, you know, hungry for that? Oh man. (laughs) It's, it's, I do feel like a therapist sometimes because I get, I get everybody that's like, I can't do this. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too this. I'm too that. And, um, I don't, I don't really lead with the fact that like I used to be overweight and upset and I found all this every once in a while, if it's like the right person that needs to hear it, I'll tell them. But I think like we were talking about before is like you lead by example. I'm just unapologetic in how I want to dance and I make it very apparent to them. I don't tell them that they can move however they want. I show them Mm. that whatever you're doing is right. Yeah. Yeah. And have you had students of yours come to you and um, basically confess that pole dancing has changed their life? all the time. Yeah. All the time. I have people that have relationship issues, self-esteem issues, everything. And they go, you know, until I came here and started dancing, I was miserable. And this just is my safe place. And I get to come here on a bad day and everything's okay again all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I've met so many students who are like, I started pole dancing and then I broke up with my boyfriend. (laughs) they realize they realize what their power is inside you know and it just transforms people it's so I just and it's one it's the one of the main reasons I love the pole dance community but at the same time I get very 
frustrated with the pole dance community for continuing to um, use our culture, how -hmm. they deem fit inside their own box of comfortability again, while disparaging the rest. Mm -hmm. And so do you have students that come in and are uneducated about the history of pole dancing and how we got here and, and how do you handle that? Absolutely. Um, as a studio owner, I have to be very kind of understanding of everybody. I personally will have a reaction when somebody says something like that of like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like a stripper. I don't want to go to the exotic class. I don't want to, you know, they're obviously trying to separate themselves from any sort of stripper past. And as personally, I have a problem and want to kind of bark back at them, but I, I can't, I have to be understanding of their experiences Mm. and and you know I I mostly just tell everybody well don't do anything that you're not comfortable doing just do whatever um and every once in a while I'll just add in I'll be like but after you're here for a little while you know you're probably gonna wanna (laughs) I just let them know I don't tell them I just let them know like this is the journey you're gonna go on and that's okay um (laughs) but I um I also just don't really entertain any stupid comments I don't feel the need to change their mind but I also just don't give them the time of day I like to just brush things off like I didn't even notice because it it doesn't give it any weight at that point you know a lot of people will come in for example and be like do you have strippers that come here and take classes and I go well I don't know what anybody does for a living I just, I just flatten it out. It's like, I don't know if people are nurses. I don't, I don't ask them what they do for a living. Yeah. Because why, why is that an issue compared to any other profession that people have that walk through the door? Exactly. Like because they're a stripper, how are they going to affect your class experience? Because somebody who strips for their job, like what is that? Why is there any weight to that? Nope. And there's not. And I feel like if I answer any more than that, I'm giving it weight. Exactly. Well, that's an excellent way to, I don't know. <laughs> it's very diplomatic of you. Cause I would be like, yeah, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> yeah. I, I go home and I bitch to my husband about it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Wow. Um, I'm like mind blown by this conversation because, you know, we started off like, I don't know what's going to happen. Wow. Incredible. Mackenzie, how long have we been talking? I, I've not been keeping track of time. Yeah, I'm just, um, you're at 38 minutes, 36 seconds. Okay. 38 minutes. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit more about one more thing and then we're cool. going to move into our other segments. Um, I guess like, so, okay. I'm trying to gather my thoughts and we're going to like, we're going to cut these things out, but I really want to like sure. tie this all together in a nice little package. Um, the bombshells thing I might go back to that. Oh, do you perform anywhere else? Do you do any other type of like burlesque or stripper esque performances besides bootleg bombshells? Like, are you involved in other shows? or clubs yeah I um sometimes perform with Wicked Woman 
I don't know if you're familiar with oh, them. Yeah, they do that at El Cid on um, yes. Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah. And their show's super unique in the fact that they play an entire movie and then uh, acts will come on in character or in theme at specific parts in the movie. So you're watching the entire movie with pole aerial acts kind of put into it. It's really fun. So interesting. And how do you get paid for that? Is that tips only like like bombshells or? Uh, no, we get paid uh, as a performer. There's okay. very rarely even tips in that show. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that you probably haven't worked in a strip club since you quit, right? In um, or No, I have a few times. Um, it kind of stopped once I bought the studio. Um, I was just too busy, yeah, um, which is great. But I, I was working at a place for a while. It was just a bikini bar in the valley, um, Club 7557. I, I think it totally was called. I totally know what place you're talking about. And maybe it was called <laughs> that because it changed names like every year. Yeah. It was yeah. super divey. Yeah. Um, but what I liked about it was um, it was really easy for me because they didn't allow anyone to touch you like the the lap dance area was all very open there was a security guard just posted there that would like shine his flashlight on somebody if they tried to touch you and that's where I was at where I was like I don't want to physically defend myself I don't want to be groped I just want to go in I want to make some money and I want to leave and I don't want to like deal with any bullshit and that was a good place for it dances were cheap People would buy a lot of them. I wouldn't have to. I could just be like, you know, I'd like you to touch me, but that guy over there, he won't let you. Right. So right. That, was, that was maybe right before I bought the studio. So like four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the landscape is gnarly in Los Angeles. Um, it sounds like in Arizona, things are a little bit more strict. I've never danced in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, before we finish, like what, like I'm okay with, uh, full service sex work and the whole spectrum of sex work. And I'm even okay with working in the same building where that's going on. But what I'm not okay with is a clear understanding of what boundaries are and what's, and like, who's doing what and like asking like asking for consent from the worker do you have any how do you feel about that i i feel like i agree with you i i at this point you know it used to be different when i was a little baby stripper but at this point i have absolutely no problem with a person doing what they feel comfortable doing um you know, I think I'm, I'm even okay with doing more than lap dances now. I just, at that time was like, I really just don't want to deal with it right now. I just want to make some easy money and leave. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I, I was always pretty confused about the rules in the clubs. And I think that was the problem that I had where they told you that this wasn't allowed and this wasn't allowed, but it was definitely all was happening, happening. but it's not allowed. I just want it to be clear. I just want to know if I'm going to work into a club or work at a club, I want to know what everyone else is allowed to do. 
I don't, I feel really naive sometimes walking in and be like, oh, we're all going to just do lap dances. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, we're not. We're doing more. Yeah. So I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's up to the, the person, the sex worker. They get to decide what they want to do. And that's not up to me to judge or care about at all. Right, right, right. And so consent, obviously, like you said, like people should not just be groping you without asking you. Yeah, yeah. I've heard other sex workers and because obviously there's like sex worker on sex worker shame. Um, which I don't blame them for. I blame the years and years of programming that has been plugged into us from the minute we're born. Um, but I've heard them say things like, I don't want to be in the same room as that type of person or that because I don't want other people thinking that I'm that way. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and this was what I experienced that in the strip club where full service sex work was happening, everyone did assume that I was also providing that service. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously, it's not the sex worker's fault that the abuser perpetrator is treating you the same as the next person. It's like the system's fault. It's how we've been trained. Do you see where I'm going with this? Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. How do we fix that? I, I think the only fix is just more transparency. I, because I, I feel the same way where, you know, we, on those days back in the day when I was mad to be on a shift with certain girls because I know that I wasn't going to make any money, like you can't, you can't blame the girl. She's just hustling. She's just making the money. She's doing what she's willing to do. Mm -hmm. You can't blame the guy. Like they've, they've just been told that these things are allowed. So why would they not think that you were also oh offering God. that service? Yeah, like totally you can't, there's, there's no one yeah. problem. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's, well, it's very I think there actually is one problem. And it, the fact of that is, is that full service sex work has been criminalized. And I think that's why there's such yes. a lack of talking about, they're like, oh, this is illegal and you're not allowed to do it. But then they're like, you know, like blinding themselves because, and then because it's illegal, there's no conversation around what boundaries are and what's okay and what's not. Um, and then hence we have this just, what do you call it? A shit show of assault and misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just legalize it and just make it transparent. And I think 100. it'd be easy. Yeah. Easier. <laughs> Easier. Humans are so fucking complicated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm so glad that we have this history together, especially and and let's let's it's crazy. I know, but let's circle back. <laughs> Do you remember it in downtown LA, Spearmint Rhino, when um Suge Knight used to come in? Do you remember that? Um, no. Okay. Yeah, he used to come in and we were like we would like stay away from him. It was like and those types of like those types of uh crews and like basketball stars and rappers, like that was like heyday, like 2003, 2004. Mm -hmm. They used to do, okay, do you remember this? When they would raffle off Lakers tickets. 
Oh yeah. Oh, I remember that. Dancing. So whoever mm-hmm. bought the most lap dances in a row won like four like really good seats to Lakers games. Yep. And then you always <laughs> wanted to be the girl that kept the guy down for 20 dances. Yep. I was never that girl and I knew it. I knew. I was like girl next door, t- tiny boobs, like. <laughs> oh my God. I was the girl. girl. I was the girl doing like bumps of cocaine while lap dancing. Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh yeah. And like ripping them off. I was so bad. I would like overcharge, inflate how many dances. I had a whole like I had a whole system for how I would confuse them. Oh my God. That was so bad. I was such an angel. Not an angel. <laughs> I was fucking the manager, getting felt at by the bouncer and the janitor walking. Like, oh my god! Oh, I just. Oh, oh so my bad. god! You just reminded me that I like one of the DJs was like trying to grope me in the dressing room one time. <laughs> so if you remember, if you went into the dressing room and the stairs were immediately on the right, there was like yep. that little landing with the mirror there. Yep. I used to like set my shit there. And that was like my little spot that I would like yeah. put my drinks, put my like lipstick or whatever. I yeah. remember him coming back there and like coming up behind me and like grabbing my ass and telling me that we should like go to his car or something. It was, it, oh and my I was God. like, I was like really freaked out by it. And then the next time I saw him, he apologized to me and he was like, Oh, you know, I have a girlfriend. I don't know what I was doing. Blah. And I was just like, Oh my God. Talk about oh. more confusion in an already confusing workspace. And now you have to deal with it from your fucking coworkers who are supposed to be taking care of you. What a shit show. It was so confusing. Meanwhile, I was instigating all of those things. <laughs> I was so young and naive. I was also young, but I was like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. The wild, wild west. Yeah. Yikes. Oh my God. Thank you for bringing up those memories. Amazing, amazing, amazing interview. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. Okay. So my stripper tip is something that I learned in the club that I think applies to almost everything that we've been talking about. And it's uh, knowing that you, well, let's see, let's mm, let's start over. (laughs) Um, I think something that I learned in the club that helped me be more successful and just happier overall is that you can't allow other people's opinions of you to decide how you feel about yourself. Mm. Because in the club, Guys will, to your face, tell you what's wrong with you, according to them, right? You're the most beautiful woman in the world to one guy and the most hideous to another, and you need to let that go. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and that could even happen um, in, like, everyday life. One of my least favorite things is when strange men that I don't know um, demand that I smile. Yes. Um, and it's, it's very, it's, it's, same, it's the same because the man is looking at you and they want to know what you look like when you smile because that will make them feel good and it'll, it'll give them some satisfaction in that moment. And when men tell me to smile, I just completely ignore them. I don't even... <laughs> It's the same thing. No, you don't owe them anything. No, no, you don't. Amazing. Thank you. 
Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Okay, here you go. First question. Have you ever gotten so wet that you thought you randomly were getting your period and then checked your panties right there on the spot to investigate? I do that all the time. (laughs) Mostly in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. All right. Who's your stripper hero? Oh, my God. My stripper hero. Can I say you? No. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say Jordan Kensley. All right. Good one. Yeah, she's pretty killer. If you could control how your vagina tastes, what flavor would you choose? <laughs> I feel like that's pretty disturbing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go with um, watermelon. That's really know. good. No, really, no, that's a great choice. I like that candy flavor. So yeah, I love it. Okay, I don't know why I'm the one tasting it though? What no, you're it? not tasting it. <laughs> that's too complicated. Yeah. Um, what's the sexiest thing someone has ever said to you? Oh my god, this is the hardest one. The sexiest thing anyone's ever said to me? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to answer this. So is it the thing? Can't ask how to answer the question. Okay. It could be anything that's like. Okay. It's, it's, this is weird. So the thing, one of the things uh, that turned me on the most that a guy said to me uh, it was pretty casual, and we were about to have sex, and he said, is this what you're here for? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I don't know why, but that really worked for me, because I'm like, yeah, this is all I'm here for. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that reminds me of Russell Crowe in The Gladiator. Are you not entertained? <laughs> is this not what you came for? <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Amazing. Good job. I'm clapping. Good job. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Okay, Danielle, tell our audience how they can learn more about you and follow you and become your fan. Oh my gosh, please do. So on Instagram, I am Danielle G. Pole. Um, and most importantly, the Vertitude hashtag or at the Vertitude. You can come to my studio and take all of my classes. Um, I teach all the the intro classes, so I get all of the babies, and I get to make sure that their beginning pole experience is a good one, and that's really important to me, so yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and just jumping into this pool with me. Absolutely. Thank you. I can't believe we had, like, the same stripper past I know it's so great I just I love it I love my stripper history and to be able to share that with people like you so thank you and thank you to everyone for tuning in yes the stripper podcast comes out every Wednesday so we'll see you next week make sure you listen bye yay bye hey guys I just want to remind you to rate review and subscribe to this podcast You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod.
Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at thequeenofsexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.